Oh, all right, episode 25 with the lads. Why don't we muck around with this volume? I think we're too loud. Malachi, welcome, brother. <coughs> Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for having me again. Yes. You know, we touched on the uh, master mindset. What a beautiful conversation we had. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Just to be able to drop in and, and dive deep, I think um, there's definitely something special. Yeah. With like being being um, being able to drop and be able to speak what's on your mind and your heart and your body. So I'm excited. Ears were ringing after. Legit. Oh. Oh. Hundred <laughs> percent. We dropped before we walk up the stairs. <laughs> we walked up the stairs together. We we're like, I'm like, better press play. Uh, it was a beautiful conversation, and it just, um, I think that energy sort of resonated afterwards as well. Like I remember, I was vibrating on this frequency of like, wow, like it's like an energy match. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I could feel it when I walked in today, boys. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. The whole day, like after we had the potty, um, like 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 I messaged you, it was just such a positive vibe like i felt like i was on top of the world i could do anything like mm. like the energy i was feeling like i didn't need caffeine for the for the afternoon that i usually need after working on the business and stuff like that so yeah. mate, it's powerful yeah and then we caught up last week we had a couple of hours in here and that was another one <laughs> we just dropped again <laughs> it was just like you know you know the feeling joshy how are you yeah. brother yeah i'm good man how are you good yeah how random that it worked out that you just had the day off and it was like oh i got malachi on yeah, job on let's do it yeah i'm happy to be i'm pumped like yeah. as soon as i walked in like i said i was i could feel it and I think that's an energy thing too, like in that self, um, which I think the best thing we'll touch on the episode that you did, Malachi, and use that as a starting point. But I think, I think you mentioned it the other day of like energies and vessels. And it's like the universe works through us all the time, but it's like if, it, if you're not going to come from that place of just feeling and knowing what you're feeling and moving through, it's going to use someone else. You know what I mean? And I think that our vessels and what we've actually got to project, like don't get me wrong, it was beautiful to have that, conversation about playing you know international and you know, debut of your brother this that and the other but the thing that really got me was when we dropped we went deep i think that was hectic a hundred percent like as you said earlier like on that pod i think that's the first podcast i've been on where i've able to, i've been able to actually speak from the heart or from the body um not just the mind you know i i spoke a bit earlier just before we jumped on here that um, a few podcasts get on there and it's kind of like that Q&A um, type of thing. And then I guess for me personally, when I get the questions handed to me or there's a bit of a, a, a run sheet, it's kind of like you have to put on a bit of a performance for, for it or you have to answer the question a certain way that makes you sound um, smart or articulate, like all that type of stuff. So to be able to just speak from the heart and speak from the heart and mind together, um, it's something powerful and you get the best best stuff out of it. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. You can look up your stats and all that, but I think it was like the stuff that was underneath of debuting with your brother, how you felt that protection that was in front of you when you were debuting and that memory. I don't know. I felt like you were embodying those emotions when we went back there. I felt like <laughs> I, I said on the potty, I said I, I could have these like goosebumps as if I'm there and, and like I was able to go back and I haven't really done that since I had my debut to actually have that same feeling. Like I knew the feeling was the best, like the most amazing feeling ever. But I actually felt like I was in that tunnel again with Dow, um, experiencing it. Again, that's why I said like the hairs on the back of my neck and that were just sticking up. Like it was, it felt so real. Mm. Yeah, how'd you have reflect on that one, Joshy Boy? Yeah, I listened the other day. It was really good, man. Like I, I love when you, you know, you, you touch on all that stuff to start with and we, you know, you just go there and, and it's like as a fan as well, it's nice to hear, it's, it's mad to hear that. But um, then when you kind of, all right, yeah, cool, that's how, like, let's go, let's go deep behind all that. I think that's like it's powerful, man. And um, I, I got heaps from it. Like even how you were kind of touching on um, 
when you kind of went into Trent Barrett and said, like, you think you're done and stuff like that. And you just kind of felt when you're in the car and you just had that kind of feeling. Yep. It was like, well, where's that come from? But like, that's a bit of an intuitive feeling and you, you listen to it and yeah, like, mad respect to that because, you know, I, I guess you can get caught up in and the whole injury thing too where you push through all that. Oh, like, <laughs> and Dow's like crazy Dow, though when you're like yeah you know Dow comes in he goes I'm telling the I'm I'm dobbing on you <laughs> it's I, enough, would, I, I, I was I was literally angry at him too like I I was honestly like pissed off like I was like why Dow I said now I can't train the next day I said now you've just ruined my my career essentially like I was saying stuff like that and then um, man he saved my life like yeah. that, that's that's just like now I'm thankful I'm like thank you Dow thank you you're the best you're the yeah, best yeah, brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that but. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing to, to to touch on that. And like I spoke earlier before the potty, um, you know, before that I had you know gone on a a bit of uh, de- uh, down the rabbit hole with the whole universe and you know t- uh, discovering yourself and all that type of stuff. I think that helped me open my mind and body to the decision, and 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 I felt that, and I recognized the the feeling like it's right, like t- the time is right to walk in and say I'm done with football. And I think if I hadn't had that. Um, if I hadn't watched all those YouTube uh, videos and clips like that to open my mind, I don't think I would have got to that stage. I would have tried to push on. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 grateful it all worked out the way it did, and I'm here now. And Get, getting out of your own way, hey. Well, that's it. Yeah, because you can get tunnel vision. You get so fixated on a goal or like what you know where you want to get, and you know that, I think that's where people get kind of caught up. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and even I just feel as though, and that's why, which we'll announce on the potty, that you know Malachi is going to come on board regularly with us and get some people on. And I think, I think our story and where we went that day inspired you know you and gave you that fulfillment of like there's so many other you know football players or people that you associate with that behind the character there's a soul mm. that wants to be heard on that level of where they're at as humans. And I think not only do they get so much of it out of it as all of us, but the listeners are like, holy crap, mm. I really know Malachi's story. Because everyone has a story to tell. But depending on how present you can be with people is whether or not it can come out and you've got people like us to drop, to go to that place of like, hey, you know, this is great, but who are you behind that? And also what got you there in itself? So I'm excited. Excited yeah. to get some people <coughs> on and, you know what I mean, and go there. What has been going on? I want to start with that. Dropping with you. You said you wanted yeah, to do a party a the other day. <laughs> it's been a while, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but I've been cruising at a pretty good. Yeah, I'm. I'm good, man. Things are going good. Yeah, and um, I'm feeling pretty good within myself too. And uh, everything's still kind of lining up how better than I ever thought they could. So mm. yeah, it's nice. I think I'm really tapping into that whole the faith in what will be will be, and just letting everything fall into place and just surrendering to it all and accepting and. Yeah, it's, just, it's nice because I feel like, you know, it's easy to say to do those things, mm. but until you kind of put it into practice through the hard times mm. when things come up, yeah. you know, there's been a few hurdles over the past couple of months and weeks and they come and go and I think um, it's fine when you're all like happy and feeling upbeat. Yeah. Um, but until kind of push comes to shove and you're faced with a bit of adversity or a bit of shit and, you know, those lower kind of emotions... That's when it really kind of shines through. That's mm. when you really need to sit back and okay, mm. and put it into play. And and the more you do that too, and you get that under your belt, like the, the more confident you feel within yourself and um, that peace of mind. So yeah, I've, I've been good, bro. Mm. Really good. Yeah, moving through your paces. Yep. I think I think in itself that control, and I think that was sort of ties into the start of 
like what, what Malachi was saying was that whole control of like, even him, he got to the point of like, body was fully shutting down. Whereas like, you've just got to like surrender. Yeah. You've got to surrender to it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes in life, we feel like we are the ones that have to sort it out. But it's not until you surrender and let go of it that the universe provides and just puts those right things in place to be able to be like, can you let go of the steering wheel? Mm. <laughs> it's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? Mm. It's like to get control, you have to almost let go of trying to get control. Mm. Just like Josh has said, like I think the fact that being exposed to it over time and putting those things in place, like your routine and all like how you deal with all those um, hurdles and stuff like that, I think you hit the nail on the head where you're talking about um, – being exposed and getting your body used to it, your mind used to it, so then when bigger challenges or things come along, you're able to deal with that. And and I feel um, it took me a while to understand that, like it took me to my body to shut down and, mm. um, you know, to, to realise that I can't have this wall up. I've got to be open to whatever comes, comes, and whatever happens, happens, um, instead of trying to control. Like I'm a big control freak at, mm. at times and I'm still learning to put that down, mm. put those walls down and just be open to if it comes, it comes, and if it happens, it happens. So. Yeah. And I think the universe works through us all in that sense of, you know, just get out of your own way. Like, let us let us provide the stuff. Let, let us take control of all that stuff. It was only, I don't know, it's been, I think, two and a half weeks ago for me where I just looked up and I'm like, where do you want me? Like, where do you want me? More so in business. I think with family and relationships, I'm very gifted in that sense of, like, that's all nice. But I was looking up, literally, and I was like, get clear and get clean and we'll meet you in the middle. And I think tidying up my food, being smart with my phone and stuff like that is just really channeled in of like things are happening, life-changing decisions in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. But your intuition works through you when you get out of your own way. You get caught out, out of those thoughts and you're trying to stop trying to work it out yourself. The second that you step aside and you allow the universe to work through you is like exactly, we get downloads all the day, every day. Mm-hmm. But it's whether or not we actually hear that soft little voice that's like, don't go there. That doesn't feel right. I think that's the biggest thing for me as of late is I've been going off feeling. How do I feel with something? You know, we had a big chat the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then just before you got here, Joshy, we were like, I was like, Malachi, all this stuff come to me, put it on the table. And then you sat with it. And what come through, it was like, this is how I feel with all this stuff. And you can't fight feeling, but you're lying to yourself if you don't move from the place of feeling. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Exactly yeah. what you just said, Maddie. Like, like you can fight that feeling but until you allow yourself to be able to feel it process and work through it you're going to be stuck in the same spot you were before it so in order to move on you've got to recognize that and you've got to be able to feel that emotion and then deal with it and move on that's that's a more, like 100 percent true what you said yeah and i think the biggest thing is dropping and like you know really going off feeling because we could move we can stay in the same job we can continue to try and fight to play football we can continue to do whatever but then you know there's a little part of you that's like you shouldn't be doing this <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, i think of that picture where it's like someone's holding on to that rope and it's like the tighter you hold on the more it's cutting off all the circulation and that mm-hmm. sometimes it's easier to just yeah yeah go and just really go with how you feel yeah i feel like we should um stem through malachi i feel like we both might have some questions for you as to because i feel like it's a a bit of a paradox episode because you did the master mindset so rather than repeating those stories sort of maybe dive a little bit deeper as to all that stuff and maybe i want to sort of stem this conversation and go there with um how it was retiring how was that feeling of like allowing yourself to fully surrender because i think getting all the way to that point you know knocking out your 30 plus games and then trying to fight every day at training to the point where your body's going brother <laughs> come done. on you're not listening <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mind going there 
Oh, that's a great question, Maddie. Um, mate, I struggled. I struggled with with um, retiring. Like I thought at the time, I was at peace. Um, like I like it felt right. It definitely felt right, and it is the right decision with how my life has panned out the past two years. But I remember the first two weeks, I said to myself, "I'm not going to do any work on the business. I'm just going to be able to relax at home. Um, you know, watch Netflix, do things that I couldn't do as I was playing because you're so busy." Mm. Um, and I remember after the second day, I was just sitting around the um, lounge, just thinking, "Geez, like, what do I do now? Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm over watching um, Netflix series. Yeah, like, yeah. I've, I've like watched too much of that. Um, you know, I started to get these feelings. Like, did I make? The, like, I started questioning myself. Did I make the right decision? And I was like, you know what? I can't sit here so fresh after retiring mm-hmm. and do absolutely nothing or not the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember I, I uh, put my head down, worked on the business, kept kept me distracted, and I felt. Like that was gonna fix the problem, and it didn't. It kind of mastered a bit, kept my mind occupied, but, uh, the, but the feelings were still there. the The feeling, the thoughts are still there. I kind of pushed it to the back of my mind yeah. and focused on on the business. And I guess that's all kind of sent me down the the, the spiral uh, with like watching YouTube and you know all these videos to help better myself as a person because I knew I needed something different. Like I knew I couldn't mask it. I needed to deal with how I was feeling and. Um, I need ways to, to, to be able to deal with that. And I'm not a big talker, so I'm not someone that will come out uh, to someone and, you know, unload and say, this is how I'm yeah. feeling. Because, uh, you know, being in footy, you've got to keep those walls up. So I was used to keeping these walls up. And um, I just remember being able to go, okay, I need help. Uh, I'm not the person to go out and ask for help or, or, or ask someone. I'll go on YouTube, I'll research myself, and I try and figure out how I can deal with what I'm dealing with at the moment. And, um yeah, like I went down the rabbit hole. I looked at, you know, the ayahuasca I was talking to, like yeah. going on a journey there, which is something I definitely want to do in the future. Uh, just got to pull that trigger. I know, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's something I will do. I know yeah. I'll, I'll definitely do that. It's just a matter of when. Um, and I went through all that and I, and, and I just found that meditating. So I came across uh, being able to meditate, be out in the sun, mm. um, at least 20 minutes a day meditating. And mm. I found that that really... Uh, gave me the chance to ask myself, ask my own questions in a meditated state. Um, you know, what's like, what's the problem? Like, you're happy. Like, you were happy, to, you know, a couple of days ago. Now you're not. Mm. Um, and 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 I really like after the first session, like after the first twenty minutes, I was just like, holy heck! Like this stuff mm. works. Mm. <laughs> like like mm. I was able to let down my walls and answer myself. Like like look 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 in. And into my own self and be like, you know what, you made the right decision, Mal. It's the right decision. You just got to put other things in place. You're used to being told how to sleep, how to eat, how to train. I said, you're used to having someone there telling you what to do every single day, Monday to Sunday. Um, you know, now you just got to adjust your life into being able to do things for yourself, being able to say, oh, you know what, um, I'm not going to sit in the the lounge here. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go do something. Whereas I was sitting around waiting for Brit to be like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll go do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was waiting for her to tell me to do something. Mm. Um, You're looking at her. She's like, why are you staring at me? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> what next? That's exactly how it was. And that's why I felt lost. And mm. and um, just that simple 20 minutes every day meditating in the sun uh, just was able to help me kind of process through my emotions. I guess I was able to speak to myself when I'm in that state and be like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Like reassuring um, whereas I would have never ever got that if I didn't do the meditating. My mind, I would try and put it to the back of the mind, and it's fine. Ignore it. Uh, distract yourself. So, it's funny that we always try and look for things externally, eh? Always. to make us feel something. Where it's yeah. like something out there will make us feel something, but it's like it's not until you go within and come to from that place that's when it makes everything externally so beautiful. 
you know, I think it's important. And that's the thing. People try and work out how to meditate. Like, how do I meditate? Like, it's like there's no way. No. you just got to learn to be able to sit still, let your mind do what it's got to do. But how funny is that all those e that your, your ego with um those, or like obviously your mind with all those thoughts of like, like you got to wait for someone to do something. Like, you know, you're all happy, it's all good, blah, blah, blah. And then you're masking it and you're yes. trying to like put that Band-Aid over the top where it's like, go to the wound. What's what's this telling you? And that's, I think, like you said, you start asking yourself these questions. And sometimes it's not about the answers, it's about the questions you're asking. Oh, 100%, Joshy. Like, um, it, exactly like that. It's the questions. It's just recognising, oh, you know what? I actually got something out of the question. It wasn't that I didn't need to answer it. Just like you said, is the question answered it for me. And that was the point. Like, it was like, you're fine. Like, like why are you feeling this way? Like, you're, you're fine. You just need to change your routine going from being told what to do to be able to work your way in telling yourself what to do and being able to allow yourself to do that instead of waiting there for someone to tell you what to do. So you're exactly right. Sometimes you don't need to answer it. You just need to hear the question. Yeah, And especially that, like, because one, what, one day you're signed for how many years? Were you signed for? Uh, two years. Two years. And then the next day it's like, we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. So like that in itself, there was no like, oh, I'm going to retire at the end of the year. So you can sort of subconsciously already okay. sort of prep yourself yeah. On the back end, it was very like zero structure, and then just no structure. Think, yeah, exactly, and yeah. and that's what I struggled with at the start. And when I meant the first two weeks, like felt like, oh, did I make the right decision? That was the that like I I came to the answer after meditating and all that type of stuff. That was the answer. It was more like no, I need to just change, you know, my own routine, have my own routine, do what it, what I want to do instead of what the structure I came from and, and being told what to do. So, And those are the questions we've got to ask ourselves is what do you want? Mm. And that's one thing I, I noticed for me personally, I've been asking myself, like, what do you really want here? And like, unless I'm going to make a move or an action or make a decision, the universe isn't going to move before I move. Like I keep visualizing myself sitting on a park bench and the universe sitting there being like, we can stay here, <laughs> but do you want to? Like, I really don't want to. I'm happy to sit with you, but if you're happy to move, I'll come. And I think that was that trust of like these decisions that have been made as of late going off. How do I feel first, you know, rather than my mind telling me otherwise, you know, and I think that sometimes you get caught up the mind telling you, did you, did you retire too early? Was this supposed to happen? What if, and all those what ifs where it's like, yeah, but how do I feel about it? It's like, I feel like it was the right decision. And I think that's even with me personally, I've been going off. How do I feel about certain things? And if you don't put how you feel first, then you're not living to your deepest truth. Like if your truth means something to you and you can express from that place of truth, this is how I feel, then like it's your life. You know, everyone has to go off how they feel and I feel like that's where peace. I found peace with certain things in my life. It was like going off how I feel about it, you know, rather than going off the thinking mind of like woulda, shoulda, could have, could have. Creating these things that weren't even really there to begin with, but somehow you've managed to create all these little problems mm. self-created problems yeah and it's like when you don't move from that place of feeling and your intuition and your heart it's like that's when things start to kind of unravel a little bit mm. but I, just from my experience every time i do listen to myself and go with those feelings it's never the wrong decision like nah. i always find myself like yeah. you know what yeah. i mean oh 100 percent yeah, and I think the universe is in that, even in that sense, it always has your back and it'll always obviously put you in positions to have lessons and go through those motions. But it's not until you step into the unknown of like, you didn't know what was going to happen because it was a watch business that was, that was kicking off how long before you retired? 
So we started in 2018. So it had been going. It had been okay. going for about three years. So yep. it was at the that that what that's what made the decision a lot more comfortable. Is that I knew financially I was going to be able, I was going to be okay mm. uh, going from my footy contract to to going straight into the business. And I guess if I didn't have that there, the decision would have been so much more. Yeah, like it would have been so much more hard. Like I think I probably would have struggled. You know, I possibly looking at how I was back then and mm. the type of person I was compared to now, I probably would have kept trying to push. And push and push, you know, mm. have six months off, let the body recover, then try and come back again. And um, I guess the business allowed me to be able to make that decision a lot more easier financially. And and it's funny because back in 2018, before we started the business, I didn't actually want to start it. I, I oh. was like, you know what, footy is my everything. I'm just going to do footy. But it was actually Britt, my wife, that said, no, we've got to start something. Trust yeah. me. And I'm like, look, I don't have the time. I'm full on with footy. Like I train, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. And mm. then I've got the weekends covered. I said, I won't have time to to work she goes look i will do the backbone and most of the work mm. you just come in and do what you can in and around footy oh and, how good is oh, that? and and and, <laughs> and but that's what i mean like how everything just works and you know three years down the track um <laughs> three years down the track it you know i look back and i'm like you know what hun, i'm so glad you 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 had that thought and you pushed it because it's all worked out where it's made the decision more comfortable um, to be able to stop uh, and retire from footy. And, you know, I'm a big believer everything happens for a reason. So I believe me stopping now could have prevented something more serious. Well, mm. you know, I almost had a heart attack on the field and died the next day of doubt and say anything. Yeah. So I wouldn't know how far I, go, I was going to push my body if I'd kept going. And, mm. um, yeah, like everything happens for a reason. And, mm. you know, Brit pushing that and mm. starting that allowed me to be able to retire from footy comfortable and, and be in the position I am now where I feel good about it mm. instead of questioning myself. Is there things in place in regards to that with players or is it more just for, like free, like basically is there systems in place where you sort of have to have something sort of pre-planned or is it sort of... Uh, the NRL is pretty good in that way where they, they do drum it into you from a young age. I think from under 18s you do uh, workshops and clinics where they oh, say, cool. look, footy's not everything. You may get injured. Um, you may not even make first grade. You need something as a backup, whether that's study, trades, mm. um, your business, anything like that. But you need to do something for a plan B. And they call it plan B because if things don't pan out, that's your plan B. Um, so that to, like, to their credit, they're really good at that. And they keep it going throughout cool. under-21s. Even when you're in first grade, reserve grade, they continually every year um, harp on that same message. Mm. Have something ready for when you retire. And I guess at the time as a player, like I think I might have touched on it in the last potty you don't think about that like i was lucky i had brit there to mm. to to push it but you hear it all the time you know you, you need to study you need to do a trade and boys do listen to it and they prepare but there's so like there's probably about 70 percent of the boys that don't and mm. i guess you hear a lot of the boys when they do retire that's the one thing they regret is that they didn't do something while they were playing study uh you can do part-time trade where you can end up i think it takes you six years and you you're fully qualified and, you know, mm. your, your, your trade, it's a bit of a part-time thing. Um, a, a few boys do that, but a lot don't. And then when you do finish and I had the business to kind of mm. go back into, they kind of stop. And, you know, a lot of the common uh, stories I, I hear from ex-players and stuff like that is that they just had no idea what to do after footy. Like they spent a year trying to figure out what to do. And then in that year, they have all the spare time other than focusing on their work or another career that they get themselves into a bit of trouble and mm. uh, substance abuse and you yeah. know all that type of stuff. So um, it's very important. The NRL is doing a lot of good work towards it, but the players in itself, and that comes down to yeah. the person. Uh, I wasn't really open to it at the time and, and not, 
there's a lot of players that aren't. So you're gonna have the support there to kind of mm. um, help you, which is you know I'd Brit to mm. to push and go. No, we're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I probably would have been the same. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think interesting that. Eh? Yeah, big time. So I like that because there you got to think about. There's a massive gap between retiring and all that to doing nothing. Yeah. Like that gap in itself. There's a lot of things that can go on in that gap. If you're pre pre prepping and you've got something sort of in place i think that's that's massive in itself because like this is me getting a bit like but psychologically do you think maybe for some guys it's like oh if i if i'm putting energy into like a plan b or if i'm even paying any attention to that plan b is my attention taken away from my plan a which is no i'm doing this i'm playing first grade (laughs) that's it i don't i don't need that because i'm not i've got no intention of not making first grade I'm glad you asked that, Joshy, because that's 100 percent true. That's what every. That's how I felt at the time. I felt no. Plan A is my. If I put 100 percent into this, I'm going to reap the rewards. And, and 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 to an extent, you do. Like, don't get me wrong, but you still need that plan B. And you know, whether that's two percent, five percent, whatever that works out to be, um, it's not going to. As long as it doesn't affect, obviously, your plan A, because that's, I guess, your love, passion, all that type of stuff. But you need that little bit behind the scenes being able to set yourself up for that plan B. But I had that same mentality, which is why I didn't want to start the business <laughs> in 2018. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, and, yeah. and you just need that little kick. You need that support system from someone to be able to be like, no, you, you know, you can do it. You can, or, or they're there to help support, support you in that way, whether it's to take over the majority of the business or whether it's to help you with your study times and putting things in place to be able to do it. Um, whereas a lot of boys don't really have the young, they got all this money, they don't really have the, the, um, the family support behind them, they don't have the friend network, they may not have a wife or you know a supportive girlfriend. So there's a lot of factors that come into it, but um, that's a definitely 100% the mindset of um, an athlete or a footy player yeah. is that no plan A is I need to put everything into it because that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Vision, bro. I yeah, think um, that, can, that can pay off, but it can also yes. be obviously it's a juggling act. You, I mean, well, it's a chaotic schedule anyway, as it is. So, well, going on there, like that, like I know a lot of NRL legends that have played for Australia, Queensland, um, like all the highest standards, but then as soon as they finish, they put everything into mm. uh, this, this 10 year window or 15 year window career that after it, you're forgotten. Like, it, like the reality. And the truth of it is that once you finish playing NRL, you're forgotten. Like, mm. like it, it's, it's in any business. Once you leave a business or a company, mm. you're, you're, okay, thank you for your service, everything like that, and then that's it. Mm. Um, there's a bit of support behind the scenes. There needs a, to be a lot more, but there's a bit of support there. So everyone that's put 100% into their plan A finishes their 10 to 15-year career, and they think, oh, what do I do now? And then that's why they spiral is because I've in their head, they're like, I've given everything to the game. I've done everything you know, now I've got nothing. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing with um, not not preparing, not having something, a trade, study, business, or investing well, investing your money well, which um, a lot of players obviously don't. And, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been around that. But, um, yeah, like you're 100% right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely. There's a thing that come through which exactly ties into that for me. It was like sitting here and I was like, okay, yep, hold on to this. It was that post-football, like automatically as like a – star or uh, someone that's seen by a lot of people because we get caught up in thoughts about other people's thoughts as regular joes so being amplified on scale thoughts about other people's thoughts on a regular basis as you and i think you touched on it like even when you go to the park like you'd be in thoughts about other people's thoughts of like do you think i should be at training or whatever but even in itself that you retire and 
I don't know, a football player ends up becoming a carpenter. How would that football player feel being in thoughts about other people's thoughts of like, oh, like you're playing footy, now you're a carpenter? Mm. It's like there's no downscale to that at all. But as the actual siren itself, if you're already so caught up in thoughts about other people's thoughts because of how your career has been good and, you know, all that like, exposure, I think there would be a lot of resistance in that as being the person being like, well, you know, I think very much so the um, the thoughts about it all of like, oh, I'll be on a job site and people are going to see me and know like, you know, Oh, 100%, man. I'm glad you said that because that's I, I feel personally that's why a lot of NRL players struggle post-footy uh, post careers because it's that embarrassment. It's that, oh, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've uh, played for Australia, you've played for New South Wales, and now you're working at, you know, Bunnies. Not that that's a bad job, yeah. but it's like in his head he thinks, oh, like I've gone, you know, I've, I've been at the highest of highs and now I'm like, yeah, like, not, like I'm a normal person. Yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. And that's what I feel a lot of NRA players or like a lot of athletes and that struggle with is coming back to reality from living such a high life where you're such on a roller coaster mm. just going up. And then as soon as that stops, that's a big drop from up here all the way down the bottom. And I feel a lot that's why a lot of footy players, you know, find themselves into trouble post footy or get themselves into a bit of trouble is because it's that embarrassment of thinking what others think of, of, of you now that you're finished playing footy or what are you doing and all that type of stuff. So um, that's a big, big, big reason why I think a lot get into, into trouble. But if you know who you are, whatever it is, it is. Like for, even for you, you had to know the choice but to discover who you were. Yep. You know, you could have kept numbing it and gone out and externally distracted yourself, but it's not until you went within and you're like, sweet. Watch business it is. Get more time with the family. Beautiful career. Did some amazing things. Yep. See it for what it is. And I don't. And I think that's yeah. Because like you can't play for Australia for the rest of your life. Like you know, what's the average career of a football player? Oh, like I think it's one NRL game. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's the average. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um. And, and and like just just touching on that, Maddie. Um. Like I guess when I was playing. Um. I, like that's why I said I'm grateful for the journey before I ended up. Uh, having my debut and you know like a lot of young boys come into first grade from 17 18 well back in the day 17 now it's 18 19 20 mm. but they haven't really had that kind of life experience beforehand and footy is footy from a young age since the age of four the goal is to play nrl and they get to that stage and they've just been on this roller coaster going up up and on a big high why i'm grateful for my journey is that i was able to experience the setbacks of not making first grade at 18 which i thought in my head i was going to uh taking the journey the long, long way around because it gave me life experience. Like I had to work a nine to five or you know twelve hour shifts at, at um, uh, being an immigration officer, all that type of stuff. And I feel that gave me life experience and and, and it gave me um, a bit of grounding mm. for uh, you know being on this high of a roller coaster because you get treated well as an as an NRL player. You get the fanciest re uh, restaurants, you get uh, shouted to the fanciest hotels. You, you know. Uh, all the VIP treatment. So you're on this roller coaster that's up here. So if you haven't experienced life uh, mm. or normal life, as you say, that nine to five, that 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 real grind, it's a rude shock going from <laughs> that at 17 and then being 32, 33, retiring and then going from here to bang mm. back to reality again. Mm. Um, it's a it's a big big jump, and and that's why I said I'm so grateful for the way I went to because mm. it's it's made me a better person, a mental um, and a bit more in touch with me instead of. Um, being you know getting a rude shock as to when I finished my career, so yeah, yeah that's like, like even tied up in being a, a top level athlete uh, and playing first grade, and then everything that comes with that, whether it's conscious at the time or unconscious, and you don't really think of it. But like 
we were talking about the other day, bro. Like we went to the Roosters and Dragons game, Anzac match, yep. and like that was the first time uh, in ten years I'd been to a game. And we were sitting in this new stadium and we're looking at all the players, all the Roosters players coming up on the big screen. And I'm sat there with Matt and I'm like, bro, can you imagine being him? And everyone's <laughs> going, yeah, you know. And then sometimes you'd hear like Abu and I can't remember who it was. And I'm like, what the hell? Why are they booing it? Like, anyway, but like you hear those things come through. But I'm like, bro, imagine being there. And that's you. But then come with all that stuff mentally, like the mindset where you've got to push through, you've got the worries of like, oh, if I get injured. Uh, that's in the back of your mind and then having to like you know show face for for the media and and have a like a, a i suppose like not a negative you can't really say certain things and you're being aware of this all the time switched on it's like bro whether you're aware of it or not but like that kind of instills so much resilience like yeah. and you come through the other end whether you kind of can put it into action or not but like bro you have to be so resilient to, to put yourself through all that stuff oh 100 percent. and and like as you said like I was glad I went the the, the, mm. the long route because it built that resilience before I had come into it, so I didn't have to learn it on the go. Um, like, I didn't have to do a crash course on it because I had already experienced it beforehand. Um, I was able to use it post-career, during career, whereas a lot of these young boys, as you said, it takes a while to learn that. Um, and, m like, most players don't get to the stage where they do understand that and are able to put, uh, push through and work through it. Mm. Um, but the resilience side of the, you know, injuries, stuff like that, you know, your, your resilience as a player is, is super high. Like, you can, like, things don't phase me now that, you know, will phase Brit, my wife, and I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's like, like it's nothing to stress about. But that's the resilience built out. But in regards to, like I said, being on this big high, and, and when it becomes personal and you've got to be resilient about yourself, yeah. it's a different story. I can be resilient. If it, if, if it affects other people, I can, like, not be okay with it, but I can push through it and work through it. Where, but when it's, when I have to be resilient, for myself, mm. it's a whole other world. I've got to like I learned to be able to have to deal with that, and I didn't realize it was kind of two different, um, two different kind of levels to it. So, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's very very interesting, and um, I guess players, most players don't um, recognize that, and a few do. So, because mm. even like we touched on on the last step that we did together of like you know the character of the footballer, it's like I think enjoying that and embracing that, and like but. It needs to be still the self-development journey of who you are needs to be in line with that. Mm. But how hard is that to do when you are known by every single person that you go out with? Like as in you go out and you're just trying to, you know, spend a bit of time with yourself or whatever, but you automatically fall into the character of like, oh, can we get a photo or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, like you'd be at lunch, I'm assuming, you just want to be you. And oh. it's like you got to put the character on of like, yeah. I'll touch on that. So... Like, I'm not a Nathan Cleary. I'm not a, a Wally Lewis and Andrew John supper. I couldn't even imagine what they would have to deal with. But it's exactly right. Like, you're at a park and, and you know, you're nice. Like, I can't say with Aaron. I love talking to people. Um, I love being social. So it's not a big problem for me. But you're right. You don't get that time to be able to just be, be in the moment. <laughs> like, 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 I've been to the park so many times with my, with my kids and my wife and uh, been to a restaurant, um, out to theme parks, all that type of stuff with my family. And you do get stopped quite a lot uh, whether it's for a chat photo stuff like that mm -hmm. so I felt like well I still feel now that I that you can't be present in that moment so whenever I'm planning holidays away I'll make sure it's somewhere <laughs> completely you know down in Melbourne or like somewhere where people won't recognize you yeah. so that you're able to just be and, or, or you know somewhere quiet um Take the old of, fake mustache and the, old <laughs> <sunnies>. <laughs> <laughs> the old hat and the sunglasses on and like it's nothing like it's yeah. not 
like doesn't happen all the time and it's yeah. not a constant thing but it 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 is um happens um quite a bit where you can't be present and and I guess you know other players that you know your Nathan Cleary stuff like that those boys would you know they probably couldn't leave the house like yeah. like, like that's how crazy it would be for them where they would just wouldn't better be themselves out in public so and that's the thing cuz how do you learn that whole just going to the cafe and just you can't able to have a coffee and just be talk about know. thoughts about other people's thoughts. Yeah, I did. I like I'm I'm a nobody, and I'll go out sometimes. And I'm like, I've used to feel like I don't know. You get the old wandering eye, or someone's looking at you, and you think, oh, what are they thinking? Mm. What are they oh. thinking about me? And you're constantly like that self kind of judgment. But you know, it's a long path to kind of sitting comfortably and not worrying about any of that, and just mm. like we touch on, it's like a lot of people don't love themselves. Why do you care what they have to say about you anyway? But as a footy player, you're in the limelight. And you're like at the face of like the media and all these things. It's like far out. You got to be. Well, that weighs stoic. A, yeah, but like hundred percent, Joshy. Like that. That weighs down on you because you do think that when you walk out. So when you walk out, you know, to, to a cafe, or something. Oh, are you going to get a, a disgruntled fan from another team say something? Mm. Like you got to be prepared for anything. Um, and and like I have had a few disgruntled uh, fans from other teams that take it a bit too far, a bit too too uh, serious. You know, take it pretty seriously. <laughs> they'll make make comments and like like I'm I'm pretty easy going. Like I'm pretty yeah. easy going. Like I can. Someone says something like that, it, it goes in one ear out the other, but there's a lot of boys that don't. Yeah, that, wow. That, yeah, because they take it to heart. Yeah. And, and, you know, it sinks into them and they're mm. like, and they'll come to training and, oh, and, and, but they'll be feeling down and you're like, mate, what's up? Like, yeah. I'm one to check in on 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 people, not yeah. myself, but other people. Yeah. Um, and they'll be like, oh, like this fan at, at, at the cafe just, just said something um, that like really hit me. And I was like, I was like, who is he? I was like, do you know who he is? He goes, no. I go, so why does it care? Yeah. Like, why do you care? I said, just, you know, recognise that. I said, in a way, use it as fuel. I said, your next game, come out firing and go, yeah. I remember what that guy said. Yeah. I'm going to come out firing. I'm going to make sure that my first hit is like the best hit, you know, I can put on. But it's stuff like that that you kind of have in the back of your mind when you're going out to places that I've got to be a certain way. I've got to present my way, uh, myself uh, in somewhat in a way where it's not going to get me into trouble. So. Yeah. Especially the media too, like they're just left front. Oh, you can't even have a beer oh, at the pub. Savage these days, man. Yeah, Honestly, NRL three hundred and sixty shout out. <laughs> um, but even even Luke Brooks now that they obviously took on the Casting Penny Panthers Panthers and yeah. they won, not got last lap twenty bucks on them. Yeah, had this feeling. I was yeah. like, what did I know? I was watching <laughs> the thing. It was like I don't know. For some reason, two things come to me. One. Me and Janae were going to um, Darling Harbour on Sunday. So I was like, well, this will pay for that. Yeah. But then the second thing, for some reason, I had this thought that Appy's going to is still connected in a group chat with all the Penrith players. <laughs> and he was going to, and he was going to write like, just like do like a little emoji. of like, ha. <laughs> I don't know. Come through. I'm like, Appy's still connected in some way. Some WhatsApp group chat of like, hey boys, um, good game. <laughs> so, so I don't know why. And then I quickly rent the room, slept 20 on him. And I didn't watch the whole game, watch half time and then went to bed and woke up and I went to check the NRL app and I was like, you know, what? I'll check sports bet first and there was money in there and I went, oh fuck, they actually won. And uh, then, yeah. But even that in itself, like that, now people can get off my back. Yep. You know, like you act like Luke Brooks, he's like the halfback, the fullback, the, the center, the, yeah. like relax. Exactly. You know, a hundred percent. Like the media these days, I feel it's, it's gotten a lot worse. Like back in the day when you didn't have phones, you didn't have as much, you know, the media didn't have, uh, as much of an input on on people's lives outside of footy, 
Um, these days, it's like constant. Like the media is at on, on on every corner. Any little story, they're gonna just blow it up because at the end of the day, the media is there for clicks. They get paid for yeah. clicks, bait, eh? clicks, comments, yeah. likes, um, all that type of stuff. They get paid to have have something for their viewers to click on, and they get paid from the advertisers to put it on their story. So. Anything that's going to get it, they'll just hound it. Whether it's true or not, yeah, the still stories get it. twisted they for the do. clickbait, and then everyone sees that thing and they start sharing it, and you click into it. It's not even that. Yeah. You go, hang on. Exactly. How misleading is that? <laughs> yeah. Daily Telegraph hit you up that you've got to pay two bucks to have a read of it. Just swipe out of that yeah. way now. It's not you know what, someone you know. posted in the comments, you're like, thanks, bro. That one guy that's always connected. Barry's paid for it. He's got a month, yearly subscription. He copy pastes and you're like, thanks, bro. Just so I don't have to click on it and pay You don't money. want Paul Ken on your back. Bro. Oh, nah. No. <laughs> yeah. But he's got a platform, so you got to be careful yeah. with, with that. I wish, you know, if only there was a system in place where everyone that, like you had all these people and I know it's like social media, it's so broad and now which does like if, if there was a system that the NRL had to actually approve anything that got sent out, you know what I mean? At least that way it could be very, the yeah. truth could be spoken rather than all these twists and turns and all these, you read 15, 20 different comments and then the player gets on and be like, it's all bullshit, you know? And I think that, I don't know, you, you struggle to, as a fan, you, I don't know, you struggle to connect with the players I don't know, maybe on this level or however of like knowing who they are because they can't drop. They can't be who they are to the media. They say one thing out of line. Like yeah. I remember listening to Aaron Rodgers and he did a um, ayahuasca journey with Aubrey Marcus and he was talking about it on his potty that the second that he posted that he's going to do um, ayahuasca that all the NFL media just ramped it up going, he's going to take drugs. He's going to do this. He's going, he doesn't even know what he wants. He's lost. He's depressed. He's sad. He's like, I'm taking, I'm discovering who I am and like, see how it just all gets twisted. Yeah. Yeah. The the craziest part is, is that they just forget that we're human. Yeah. With souls. It's like, they, they say all these things. They throw all these things at these, at these young blokes who are in the face of it all, just like you and I. And they just expect them to be stoic and it just to like water off a duck's back. But like, come on, man. Well, what gets me with the media is that they're so, you know, when when someone unfortunately takes their life, they're so onto like, oh, you know, call this helpline if you need any help. They're all, all for this mental um, health uh, support and everything like that. But then they go ahead and do, you know, this young fellow or like Brooksy, for example, will have a bad game and they just come down and hammer it. And, and it's like you're saying, you know, you care for mental health and all this type of stuff, but you're actually causing it with the mm. articles you put out mm. and and the clickbait type of stuff you do. And um, I guess it's a bit frustrating, it, it, like especially as a player. Like when we were playing, like we would see, like obviously we would know what what the actual story was because we saw it with our yeah. two eyes, we heard it, everything like that. But then to see the media come out and put the complete opposite story of it because they want to be the first to it without even coming to the person and asking them. Mm. Uh, there's a few reporters that, that um, do do that, but they'll call you and go, mate, I've heard the story. Do you want a chance to be able to speak on it? And and, and the boys respect those type of, types of reports because mm. they can get both sides mm. and form their own article on it. But there's a lot of journos out there or media where they'll just completely ignore the actual main person that's involved in the incident or the whole story and they'll just write whatever they hearsay from someone else and and just post with it because at the end of the day they're the first to the story mm. people fans are going to believe whatever this is 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 posted first if if a player comes out second and tries to defend themselves they're going to go oh you're a liar you know yeah. it's, it's it's just that initial you're second to the story no one's going to believe you so the media in a way don't care whether it's true or not mm. as long as it gets that those likes clicks comments um that's all they care about. And as, and as if you can't not put up a wall with that. Yeah. Like, of course, you as a player, you'd have to have that blockage. Yeah. 
you know, you even hear like press conferences, like um, they'll they'll fish for something, like oh, you know, blah blah blah. I was just in here, Ivan. How do you feel about that? He's like, well, how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, They're like oh, we're asking you. It's like yeah, because you want to flip something, yep. and I think that's the thing that's dis you know disheartening in a sense of like you know I I think they did like the the tigers thing of um the what was that doco they did of like behind the scenes yeah Yeah, and and like you know i think that was great i loved hearing like the sheds and what it was in there and like you felt like you you know you had the like bird's eye view of like what they go through but as if people are going to allow other people to come in and do that like of course like um coaches and stuff are going to block it off because they know it just sucks that like i wish the media and the reporters and stuff would actually just let the everyone just be who they are go off that like you you know you never hear you always hear the negative story you never hear the positive story you know well that's just it maddie like exactly everything you just said um without the media coming down and putting a negative spin on things boys will open up more and chat more like you you know you see someone like nico hines will he like he'll do a post post match interview and like everyone's like wow like that's so cool to hear hear someone say like instead of the usual oh mate great game boys dug deep you know, credit to the boys, like all that type of uh, cliche type of stuff is said because of these wars and, and boys are too scared to, to say what's at, like how they're actually feeling or what's on their mind because they know if they say something wrong or slightly wrong, the media will twist that completely and it's this whole like whole massive story and they've got themselves into trouble, they've got the club into trouble and he actually didn't actually mean or, or, or say what they said, they've, they've just twisted it. So if fan, like I think for the game, or for people in general, for fans, for the players, if the media just allowed the, ta- uh, the players to have a platform to say what they want and let the fans and that decide whether it's good or bad, like mm. like don't then come out with stories to twist things. Let you know if the fans go, oh mate, that's a bit you know too much, blah blah blah. At least everyone's thinking it's not just one sided story. So. Yeah, and you're hearing the truth in that sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're hearing the actual truth from the source rather than the man in the middle projecting whatever they want. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, last night I saw Grubby because um, in the Bulldogs game he got a bit fiery. Mm. Uh, uh, him and uh, Grant Atkins kind of <laughs> were like, uh, I just they went out. Interview. He went out and spoke yes. out. Yeah, yeah. And the NRL 360, I think it was, yeah. he was on, or I, I forget what, it was Fox Sports. Um, he was on there, but he was able to explain how he, how, how he was feeling. They gave him a platform to be able to speak, and everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, I, I, I get both sides. He shouldn't have spoke like that. Grubby apologised for it, everything like that. Um but the fans were able to see, you know, the reasoning behind it. Mm. Yes, it wasn't right, but he was able to explain. Okay, I'm, you know, we were getting bad calls the past couple of weeks. Uh, the frustration just came out. I shouldn't have said what I said, but the frustration was there, and it was able to be able to be, uh, you know, spoken about instead of just articles going, oh, you know, Grubby's a grub, and you know, yeah. he disrespects people, and like having all these other stories mm. that come out, which which I thought was a really good. Um, shifts for for uh, Fox Sports to actually yeah. have have that platform. For yeah, because yeah. he he did touch on the fact that like he takes being a role model pretty yeah. serious. Oh yeah, I know Grubby yeah. well. He's yeah. he's a legend. If there's a guy you want around your sheds or or as a person, it's him. He, he will go beyond and above for you. Um, and, and he's he's just such a great person. Like on the field, it's different. Like I know a lot of players that are completely different on the field compared to off the field. My brother, for example, everyone thinks he's a hothead, everything like that, because he just he, he plays Passionate. aggressively. Yeah, mm. like he plays aggressive. When you're on that field, you want you want to be aggressive, but off the field, like one of the nicest blokes, and same like it's the same as Josh Reynolds. Like mm. he's such a nice guy, mm. um, and people don't get to see that side of him because obviously, 
um, the media mm. and all that type of stuff. I want so him to be a certain character. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think that character in itself is, um, yeah, you can most definitely get caught up in that. You're no surprise as to reason why, you know, players just block off and put their hands up and be like, well, this is too big to handle. I can't handle this stuff. Because, you know, you got to think about it. They're all human, like with souls. And I think that was a, the conversation that we're touching on now. But last time it's like we see what's beyond this with you, Malachi. You know what I mean? It's like what's in there. And when you express that and you come from that place, that's when you can just drop and feel so at peace of like I can just be me. You know, I can just be me without the judgment, without the thoughts of other people's thoughts. I can just express my truth where I feel as though obviously with players and, you know, stars and stuff like that, it'd be hard to access, accessibly find that truth with all the stuff that, you know, that, that, that transpires and stuff as well. But how you doing now? What's in this present moment? How are you feeling? Uh, doing good, Maddie. Like I spoke earlier to you, like we had a chat about it. Um, life at the moment, my balance, work life, family life is just perfect, like, I don't actually want to change up anything at the moment. So that's how good I am I'm at the moment. And, you know, usually when things aren't going, I'll say, like, yeah, it's great. You know, like, like it's good. And then I'll leave it at that. Yeah. But it's true. Like, it's true. Like, I'm truly in a good place at the moment. I um, have been for a couple of months. Um, everything's doing really well. The balance of life, uh, post footy, business, family, my beautiful wife and two kids and, um, yeah, I don't want anything to to, uh, to kind of mess what I've got yeah. going now. Then yeah, I just want to add to it and yeah. uh, take things slow. You know, adding something different uh, each time and not rushing into things. So, um, yeah, things are doing really, really well. And I think that presence in itself. I, I watched the listen to a podcast the other day, and it was like, you need to live the life that you wake up and you fuck today's going to be a good day. Yeah. You know, where so many people like can't wait till Friday. Where it's like you are the one that gets to make the decisions on how you want your life to play out. It's the actions that you take. It's the decisions that you make. If you're going to be true to who you are, you need to f- make those decisions to have a life that you wake up and go, what I got on? Fuck, I'm excited. You know, yeah. Don't get me wrong, we've got to hustle and grind and make money, but if that doesn't align with your truth, like you know, and I feel like a lot of people out there don't, they, they're scared of going into the unknown, but you know, it's such a, an amazing thing. Like One of my coaching clients today, she just sent me a voice message this morning. She's like, I'm leaving my job. She's like, it's, wow. she's like it hasn't served me. She's a part of this business where, like, you know, he's an older bloke and he, um, he's like, you know, we've got to work hard and this is what we've got to do. And she's like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're, you're 35 years older than me. Like, you know, that's, that's, that was your life back then. You just live, breathe, work. But unfortunately, I'm not going to do that. And I just said, oh, I'm so proud of you that you just said, I'm done with this. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, you know Maddie, I'm, I'm, I want to touch on that as well is, um, I, I came across a few articles um, on Instagram, like from like Channel Nine, and, that, and they were talking about this Gen Z. Um, you know, they're the most difficult to deal with in a workplace. And you know what? You know, being a business, uh, you know, like a, like having my own company, and that I take my hat off to them because you know they're they're doing what we wish we could have done. Yep. You know, they're they're. You know, they know their self-worth and they know that, you know, the old mentality of you got to work for this company from from the moment you finish school to, to when you retire and it's just work hard. But you're making, essentially, you're making the, and, I, and I'm a business owner, you're making them rich and you're and it's at your own detriment. And I think the, the um, Gen Z have found a way where, you know what, I can have this work-life balance. I don't need to put my head down and grind. You know, I know my self-worth and there's more to life than just working a nine-to-five mm. Monday to Saturday, doing extra shifts, doing overtime for money, and you know, they're 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 essentially changing their lifestyle mm. to be able to allow them to be able to quit their job, 
go go work at you know something that brings them happiness or peace you know stuff like that so i think it's a it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's a great thing for for you know humanity is that mm. people are realizing that you don't need to work for you know some some rich uh business owner it's whipping know. whipping you exactly 50 yeah. 60 hours ot you want more money because yeah, that's what's going to bring you happiness i work in an industry that's very very prevalent like that is that is huge a lot of the older generation and it's like guys are like bragging about how much OT they've done. Yeah. And it's like we go on after hours and we do after hour call outs and you'd get you get for a week, you're on call by the phone twenty four hours a day. Yeah. If you get called at two AM, you're out. And guys are coming, Oh yeah, I'll call back like eighty hours OT and I'm like, Good on you, bro. Mm. If that's what you want to do, yep. good on you. But that's not what I want to do. Exactly. It's and like, and I, I feel the older generation, you know, tend to mock, you know, if you're not doing that and, and like it doesn't allow the young boys coming through because you feel like, oh, you know, I need to do OT or, you know, I'm, I'm getting teased because I'm not working hard enough. I'm not a hard worker. Like, I feel that culture is slowly changing um, with with each generation. Um, mm. It's just, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I take my hat off to, to uh, yeah. Gen Z. I think it's a great... What year's Gen Z? Is that 2000 plus? 2000, I think. Yeah, 2000 plus. Yeah, bro, I was at the gym the other day and I said to one of the girls, I said, oh, this is like the old friction. She goes, <laughs> what's that? And I went... <laughs> I gave the look. I go, yeah. sorry. She goes, what's friction? I said, that was a spot to be in. I go, I go to the nightclub across the road. She goes, I go, what year are you born? She goes, ninety nine. I went, oh okay. <laughs> Fuck, we're having that chat. <laughs> I never, I've never made it to friction. Didn't you? No, wow. I, was, I was eighteen after oh, that man. and finished up. Yeah, you didn't I miss knew much, it, bro. You didn't miss much. There wasn't much happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can they should do a one night show. I'm happy just for one more night and just have the remember. Bring it back. Wait, what year are you born, Malcolm? Ninety one. Yes, yeah, so I'm uh, ninety two. So yeah, ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. We got all that when yeah. you were 94. 94, yeah. yeah so you yeah. just missed it. You could have came when you were 16 or 17. Oh, with the fake idea. Yeah, there was a few <laughs> was getting a around lot. with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was never lucky enough to get my hands on <laughs> Yeah. I just went to Warrington Lakes and, you know, after footy, yeah. after we played down at... <laughs> Sneak in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, and I think... I, and you know what? It's like, even with social media and stuff these days, there's so much money to be made however you want to make the money. And didn't we... What were we talking about? When we're coming home, maybe you had too many beers, but when we're watching after the Dragons and Roosters game, how you're saying how the generation now of like AI and stuff, where there are going to be a lot of people that are paying for like labor jobs will just be through robots and we'll have the opportunity to, you Do know, more. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I heard this really cool thing the other day is like um, wealth is, you know, different for everyone. Wealth for some people might be to drive that car, to have that house or to have this or that, but like, I like to look at wealth of like, as like, I'd never sacrifice my health for wealth. Mm. Mind you, like, it's, it's easy to say when you're living comfortably or whatever, but um, I think you need your health. You can't sacrifice. And it's not until you have problems where you like slave and overwork and stress. And oh, my uh, my mum had a stress-induced heart attack when I was really young. She was working a job that was really kind of, and, she, you know, that I suppose that generation, she, like she'd take her work very serious and passionate, and I got to see a lot of that, mm. and that kind of pushed me in a direction where, like, okay, like I've been lucky enough to have a trade and a job where okay, I'm comfy, I can do my forty-hour weeks, and I'm good. But uh, it also showed me that nothing's worth mm. sacrificing that for, because like your family can't replace you, mm. they can replace you, but yeah, for wealth, wealth for me is like. These conversations here mm. and putting yourself in these positions where, you know, maybe you can cut back on the hours you're working. In the future, maybe technology will give us those opportunities to work less hours because we'll be able to automate things or whatever. But then we can put ourselves in positions to have these conversations and these experiences. Mm. I feel like wealth is like 
being able to experience what you what makes you happy, mm. <laughs> you know. But yeah, yeah, I, it's, I, just touching it like like I see time as wealth. Like me personally, as a as a person, so um, my business allows me to have more time mm. for myself, for my family, and I, and I'm truly blessed and grateful for that. But people view money as wealth. You know what I mean? Like like every person views um you know something as as you're wealthy like you got the you know a really nice car you've got this massive home and and you know everyone's different but to me time being able to have the time to do things with family myself watch, your kids grow up. watch my kids yeah. grow up and be at every event like i think maddie we, we touched assemblies on assemblies and it's called carnival yeah having that access oh that to me there's no amount of joy that that, that money can bring that can compare to my you know me being there and my kids and seeing the look on their face while I'm there present and and seeing oh, my dad just saw me win that race like you know as a kid I didn't have that luxury growing up like my dad was the same uh, he had that old mentality where it was like he was working like 80 hour weeks back to back and that was the culture back then and you know we um, you know he had six kids so he uh, unfortunately he couldn't not work those the, yeah. those long hours but i think times are slowly changing where people are recognizing uh, and putting things in place where it's not all about that ot mm. and stuff like that and yeah i view i view wealth as time mm. and a peace yep. of mind too like that you can put your head on the pillow and not be at stress of anything yes. that's my biggest thing yep. i can remember now times where i'm on, laying on the my head on the pillow over analyzing something because it's not very often that I do that. Yeah. But it, once again, it comes back to the decisions I make, put myself in certain positions to not have to feel that way, whether it's certain people that work at the gym or you know disconnecting or reconnecting with certain people and having the right energy around you and being present with Janae. If there's someone going on, I'll express that. You know, I'm not going to go home. I'm not going to go to bed and sit on it. And I think that's where people get missed. Like, what what do you mean by speaking your truth? And, us, you know, and I've touched on it before, but I think it's a good point to touch on again is, Speaking your truth is going off how you feel in this moment. You know, if you tell me you're good and you're not, then you're not speaking your truth. And it's, you know, but people get so caught up in judgment of like, I don't want to speak my truth because I'm going to get that thrown at me. It's like, how do you feel right now? It's like, I'll be honest, before this conversation, I was on my phone too much. So I was starting to feel anxious because I just had a coffee. And Malachi's like, you want another coffee? I'm like, please, no. It's the last thing I want right now. But I was feeling a bit anxious, so I just sat. Put my phone down. I was like, all right, you've, you've rushed too hard this morning. You're trying to rush and do everything. <sighs> yeah, okay. Ten minutes, and then Malachi walked in, and it's just dark. It's like a dungeon. I'm just sitting here just chilling. I, I was loved like, it. Yeah, and I was like, come back. Come back, come back, come back. Come back to you. You're here. Let's just come back to this moment. And, you know, I, I know with like, don't get me wrong, AI and stuff like that, like there's a part to me that are like, fuck, this is crazy. But then there's parts of me that are like, you know, if shopping's like, I think Amazon in America, there's a there's a shop that you just scan your phone and you walk in and it's like facial recognition and stuff like that. And then you just go around and get whatever you want and then you check out. Like not one person works there. It's like even to the point of like the shelves get restocked from behind the actual store of stuff someone must come in once a month and get it all but like that they're just trialing it in i don't know where but it's an amazon store of like a grocery store but i think that's if we're going to stem it forward say 20 years 30 years then like okay great but there's other you know i think we're moving into a place of like yeah people starting to realize that peace means more to me than especially with covid and stuff everyone's starting to go fuck like you know we, we need to live this life we don't we're only here for a certain amount of time so we may as well make the most of it and not you know try and climb up the money tree or the success tree and actually just enjoy being here yeah. i think i um 
I listened to a potty with uh, Elon Musk on it. He got asked a question about AI, and uh, you know, he said like it's it's scary, like like the 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 potential of where AI can go. It's it's, it's actually it can destroy humanity. Like he went really really deep with it, but he also said uh, he got asked a question about. Um, where does that leave people with work and jobs? Because obviously AI is going to come in and take over a lot of jobs or a lot of industries. And he said he sees it going towards more a state of um, allowing people to have time for themselves. So in other words, there will be a system set up where um, you know everyone's uh, needs, you know, food, uh, accommodation, everything will be set up because no one will need to work. They'll have AI robots like could get to a stage where everything's automated, stuff like that, um, where you can just be. And he said that. If we get to that stage and, and AI progresses to that stage, um, humanity will grow mm. like completely because people got time to think and create and, and innovate and stuff like that. So, mm. uh, shifting consciousness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I think it can be a scary thing, oh, but yeah. also a good thing. So, yeah. Yeah, there's an app that, like, one of my other franchisees hit me up and goes, There's this app called AI Chat or something, where all she typed in was like um, uh, fitness group training facility during winter to get people in. I just wrote this one sentence, bang, not even lying. Four seconds later, there was this massive article of like 15 different things that you can do if you own a group training facility in wow. winter. Far and out. just like copy paste. Like that chat GPT. Yeah, that's, like a, that's oh, the one. Yeah. I use it in my business now. Yeah, okay. so yeah. Chat, oh. yeah, that's what it's called. So so all of our, um, so like the majority of our sales come from paid ads, Facebook, Instagram, That's that's where our sales come through. So the hardest part about, you know, running your own ads and stuff like that is coming up with the caption or the, um, or the copy, uh, you know, the, the, the words that go with your videos to explain and to, you know, convince people to be like, you know, put trust in your brand by, by one of our watches. But with chat GPT, which is that, that, uh, that program you're talking about, it's taken oh, like, I don't know, have a look on our ads. You'll see that, you know, I obviously haven't written that because it doesn't sound like me. Um, you haven't used the three as an E. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, it's, but, you know, you put a few words and, you know, um, you explain the video, you explain what you're selling, all that type of stuff. And they just, like, this AI puts it together and it just sounds so amazing with feeling, um, you know, describing everything. And I'm just like, fire out. Like, if this is what AI can do now, within a business when things get to you know automated stages where uh you got your ai your personal assistance AI, where they can just answer everything i said you like business owners and people in general have so much time to spend on other things you know family relationships um you know having that balance so ai for us at the moment you know it's only early stages but it's working really well for us Crazy, eh? can go one or two ways. Yeah. Yes, and I think <laughs> that's a scary thing. I think, Terminator. I think it, yeah, I think it Gone comes there. down to the human because I was thinking that it either goes one way or another way. Like that, you need to feel like you still have to have control of all that stuff. Where I think some people just surrender and just realize that you can just be you, enjoy what's in front of you, enjoy time with the family, enjoy you know slowing down and breakfast and memories and yep. these types of conversations rather than that type of stuff, especially if that's going to be taken care of, like to that degree, like yeah. it's crazy, man. It's technology, like, like you said, we can use it to our advantage, but then it can also suck us in. Yep. And I think that's that balance that I think people either get, you know, we all get sucked in at times, but I think it's being smart and conscious of like this soul filling stuff is where it's at. So me personally with the gyms, I know a robot can't go in there and do what I do. Yeah. So yep. I'm grateful that. I don't know. Have you seen our robot? Have, did they, <laughs> pretty scary actually is he fit no I wouldn't want him in there no. <laughs> he's fast yeah he is. he's quick Will Smith was trying to chase him what about the Terminator though he's 
huh? Yeah, well, look, a bit oh, of, I'm I'm have an army, army in there. Yeah, with the sunnies on. There's a bit of test two fifty behind that. <laughs> So, hey, I'm looking for the natty soul look. True, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But like even that, I always look at that and I'm like grateful that a soul, because that's the thing, it's no, soul. Right. You can't replace that. No, like yeah, you walk into G3, you can't. No. The soul feeling type of stuff is where people will go to. People yeah. will go to more stuff where they get more of a fulfillment out of it and get paid for it rather than just get paid and are slogging away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. Beautiful conversation. I reckon we should wrap that up. That was really good. Um, awesome. Next couple of weeks, we'll... Be dropping in, get some. I think it'd be cool getting some guests on. Yep. Um, good. I think hearing their stories and hearing who's beyond the character you could call it, I think will be really cool. Even giving the people a chance of a platform with presence to be able to drop and have those types of conversations. You know, people get juice out of this stuff. People love. People relate so much to stories. It's like, what's your story? Yeah. Oh, I'm you know? I'm I'm one of those people. Like, I love. I, I learn a lot. I, like, I'm a visual learner, but uh, but. Um, I also learn a lot from stories, like people's stories. I'm like, wow, like I can't believe you went through that. And, and, and you know, showing how he got out of the, you know, the adversity he was experiencing. I'm like, you know what, I, you know, if I ever have to experience that, I can use that, um, that same technique. Um, and, and which is where I, I went with the meditating stuff. Um, type of stuff. Like I, I came across YouTube videos where it was explaining, you know, meditation helped them um, answer questions that, you know, you may not be able to do consciously. So all that type of stuff leads to it. And, mm. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. A big and believer I, uh, in it. It reduces the separateness too, because you hear some people talk about their stories, and you, and you think, okay, I'm not alone. Like yeah. I'm not, you know, because like COVID had that, the isolation feel. Yeah. You know, if you don't have some really quality friends around you, we were talking about this with mental health. You know, we raise awareness these days with like, are you okay day and stuff, and you might have someone ask you a question, but if you don't feel like you've got the presence of that person that the and the, the the attention of them, well, you can't really open up. No. You know, like someone could ask you, hey, hey, how you going? It's like yeah, and then two minutes later they're off on their phone doing another thing or whatever. So yeah, like don't get me wrong, I'm really all for this whole awareness type of thing, but I just don't know if like for me personally, if a day is scheduled of are you okay, do I have the confidence and courage to be able to tell you that I'm not? Do you know what I mean? I think you've got to be ready to drop, Mm. but people won't drop unless you drop. That's what I notice with my coaching clients. It's not until. I, could f- I can feel their energy when they walk through the door, whether or not they want to go there or not. So what I do is they are, I just sit and be like, how you doing? They ask me because it's obviously a subconscious deflection. I don't want to talk about me. I'd rather talk about you. Like, how you doing? I'm like, you know what? Fucking shit. Like, what's been going on? I'm bang, bang, bang. And I'm putting it all out on the table and they're looking at it and they're like, so subconsciously I'm saying, hey, you're here for a reason. I've put this stuff on the table. This is beyond the words. It's a feeling. I'm like, basically, I'm like, I'm putting this stuff on the table and I'm looking your dead smack in the eye. Are you going to put your stuff on the table too? Mm. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Yeah. And then sooner or later, bang, and we're there. And they're like, I'm like hey, what's happening with you? Seeing as though I'm being vulnerable, you, you give other people access to be vulnerable too. You know what I mean? We need yeah, each other, bro. Like, yeah. just in society and stuff like, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think human beings are, are social creatures. Mm. Like, mm. like, we love doing what other people are doing we love being together doing the same activity you know it's you know you see if you, you come across those videos on uh, tiktok and uh, instagram where it's like when one person when a few people start doing something and the person that's not in on it starts following doing like like might be mm-hmm. clapping their hands you know in, yeah. like in public the person that looks around goes oh i gotta keep yeah. my hands too <laughs> he ends up clapping and and it's that it's the you know humans are very social beings and we need to be together and work together and when you isolate yourself and stuff like that, that's when you know you can get yourself into a bit of trouble. Yeah, 
And these conscious conversations are things that need to be expressed more. That's probably all of our purpose of doing these podcasts is to express and show people how you can have conscious conversations. Because, you know, we have those baseline friendships that we talk about baseline stuff, you know. I'll call them like, you know, footy, UFC, whatever's going on. But then we need people in our lives where we can go, okay, cool, but let's go to the place. Because people don't open up and go to that place. But we've all got this treasure treasure chest inside of us that have all these things that we've got going on, whether it's insecurities, um, judgment, um, good things as well. But we need to learn how to express them because people don't know how they feel. Like actually people are so caught up in the programming of the matrix that they don't even know how they feel, you know, to the point of like, they're like, I don't know. I just listen to the podcast and feel good. Well, that's a perfect starting point. Let's start there, you know, because they want to scroll on Instagram for (laughs) two hours. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And numb himself and drive in between activities. Cause like you think about some, sometimes I've been there. You go through a day and you're constantly distracting yourself. Mm. If I'm not in the middle of doing something and I'm standing there and I get like the little bit of time where I'm just, Phone comes out and I'm starting scrolling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. And I think we we, we spoke about it. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, Maddie, um, the fact that I had to limit myself because I, you know, I felt like the pressure to have to reply back to everyone that second, like whether it was on uh, DMs on Insta, um, messages on my phones, whereas I put things in place. And then when I finished that, I'd scroll. I'll scroll for like two hours. I'm like, where? Like. It's hard not to. Yeah, it's, it is hard you know, not to, yeah. and, and, and I still find it hard now, but I felt when I was into that kind of stage where I was spending a lot of time on my phone scrolling, it, it was numbing me, and, and and I missed a lot of beautiful things that were happening on in the world because yeah. I was stuck on my phone scrolling. So, Well, say, for example, you're at the park with the family, right? This is back before you've seen all that, and someone and you had to get back to a DM. Was your subconscious thought, if I don't get back to this person, they're going to think something about me? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, like, oh, it just takes you fully out of the present moment. It does, and you're stressing about what they think about you. And, 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 and you're like, oh, like, I, like, I didn't reply instantly. Oh, he doesn't like me. And I'm like, oh, does he think I don't like him because I didn't reply back to him that second? And I'm like, it's, it's just that constant <laughs> And they thought. probably live in the UK and they're asleep <laughs> yeah. right now. And they not even have no idea. But you get caught up in... That's why I like yeah. expressing those things. Like, we, we do it all the time. It's like, bro, I'm just caught up in a thought. Like you know, hey, I just got to express this. We do this yeah. all the time. And he's yeah. like, and I'm like, we'll get rid of that thought because that's not what yeah. is on the other end of the line. Yeah. 99.9% of the time. I was going to thought about that people joke, honestly. Like you, you made a people joke on the last episode. That looks like people. <laughs> I said Vin Diesel from Fast 9. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, There you go. That's actually. Yeah. Segway. Stratham. Segway. New Fast and the Furious coming out. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Another one. Yeah, Another. 20, 27. You know what? <laughs> Talking on that, right? Like, like, you know what it's going to be like, but you just have to watch yeah. it. It's one of those series where you're like, yeah. it's going to be that that typical Fast and Furious movie, yeah. but I, I'll still pay to go watch yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cars flying through here, there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you sort of think, fuck, can they go through three buildings <laughs> yeah. and then land? Is it realistic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I, I, hope, I hope they're wrapping up with 10. Because, yeah, like, come on. 
There's uh, I don't the, know. I don't well, know. they went out of space last uh, movie, so I don't know what they can do this one to top that. It's like, oh, is that what the last one? Yeah, was? like like they were in space. I think they 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 took the car in space somewhere and they landed. <laughs> okay, and you joking? Back. No, I'm being dead oh, serious. Fuck. You have to watch it. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I think I wrapped up after Paul. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just shutting with yeah, that. Yeah. That "See You Again" song dropped, and I was like, I'm gonna leave it at that. So yeah. I haven't watched the latest, the last seventeen that have been put out. <laughs> <laughs> There's some that like got segued to Stratham and The Rock. I think. Yeah. yeah Punch and I think now Jason Momoa's in the new one. So you've got every John Cena. John Cena's in it. Is he? <laughs> yeah, Mate. he's in it. He's after I think Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah. After that movie, he, he kind of gets introduced as one of the um, like agents or something like that. And um, <laughs> it's, it's, <sighs> they just keep adding in these these like uh, characters. Now Jason Momoa's in the new one. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Pipples in one of the back seats of the car yeah. in one of the scenes as well. Which, <laughs> hey, who knows? There we go. Oh, fuck, that went somewhere, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that even those type of conversations, because I think you know, stemming it right back of having a laugh, but going deep, it's like just showing other you know females, but also men that we can have these conversations of how we feel. Yeah. You know, and I think you unlock unlimited happiness and peace and joy and fulfillment in your life if you can come back to how you feel. You know, how do I feel about this? Well, let me just sit with it. Yep. All right, how do you feel after you leave these conversations? Yeah. yeah. Like we were saying before, bro, you're buzzing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I'm buzzing now. So yeah. it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's cool. Like I, I think I said to Malachi, I said, you know, the coolest thing personally is that I get to have these conversations and leave here with this feeling. So does the guest, whoever's on. And then people, then when I post it, people listen and they're like, oh my God, I got so much from it. So I'm like, well, who's losing? You know, everyone's winning from these type of conversations because, and I, I don't know, for me personally, it was funny because 20 minutes ago I said we'll wrap it up. But it's um, <laughs> what I love is that what this these type of conversations do is allow people to listen and distract themselves from their thoughts. And when I mean distract, I mean just don't think about the shit that's going on at the moment. Just drop into the conversation and hear what's going on. And from all our stories and experiences of what we're talking about will resonate with you one way or another and you're going to go back to your you know, reality after it all and start to feel a little bit better with some things. I get that a lot. People are like, yep. I love listening because I just can put my shit down for a bit and I feel like I'm in the room. I don't know yeah. what it is. I just feel like I'm there, like talking well, to myself about it. It's the story thing. Like it's yeah. the learning from people's stories and when we give our stories, that that allows people to be able to learn and, and, and process it. Yeah. Like you said, you weren't one to, to reach out for help, no. right? So you, you turned to like YouTube and, and that was exactly what... Kind of, I found myself in a position of the same thing. I didn't really have those people, um, and I, even if I did, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, want to come out and like you know. Yeah, it's, um, it's, so okay. you do it yourself. Stigma, and I listen like to podcasts. Yeah. And yeah, and and that's exactly what I did. I listened to podcasts, and after I'd I'd listen to podcasts, I'd feel amazing. Like I'm like, oh, I got so much out of that guy's story on how to deal with things, and and then that's when I picked up the meditation thing. And I thought, oh, you know what? If I implement that in my life, I'll be able to get something out of it. And I, tr you know, I went into it thinking, you know what? I have nothing to lose. You know, th this could be something that can help me. And I did it, and man, it worked wonders for me. So, mm. and that's yeah. a, the only thing that we can share is our stories and experiences. Yeah, you know, even my coach, one of my coaching clients, said, "I no, no need to be rude, but what have you done for me? Because my whole life has changed, but nothing's actually changed. It's just my perspective on it." Yeah. And he goes, my friends ask me what you've done for me because they can see this new version of me. And I'm not being rude, but I actually don't know what to tell them. I said, do you want to know what I've done for you? I've and All I've done is shown you who I am, which in turn has given you the opportunity to show you who you are. Because yeah. when you start to discover who you are, you come to this place of realization of like, oh my God, 
I'm not all these things that I thought I was. Yeah. I just feel so good in who I am. Yeah. And that from that place is when love and, you know, happiness and joy and peace and all that come from. So, yeah, it was pretty cool when he asked me, he goes, what have you done for me? Because my mind went, what have you actually done for him? <laughs> and I was like sat there. I said, you, you know what I've done? And he goes, what? And I'm like, you better fucking bring something down. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, it just all came out. And he goes, yeah, you're right. Because all these mates ask him, what have you done for me? And he goes, I actually don't know because nothing haven't won a million dollars, haven't got given a job. And that's the thing, not, not the materialistic things. It's when you go within, all the answers arrive. Perspective shifts and stuff. For sure. Yeah. Beautiful episode, brother. Awesome. Good episode, lads. That was amazing. Um, we will connect very shortly again. And I think, you know, you know, we drop and go to our place of the places that we come from, especially now all three of us have done episode, we've dropped together. And then, yeah, we get a feeling of some people that, have amazing stories and whether it's four of us three of us two of us i think it'd be cool platform to project these conversations for people to listen to good to be a part of it today yeah it's awesome likewise have a beautiful day bye yeah